DND Outdoors is brought to you by the Southwestern Outdoorsman. Visit the Southwestern Outdoorsman at www.southwesternoutdoorsman.com. It is also brought to you by Headline Outdoors. Headline Outdoors, visit them online at www.headlineoutdoors.com. Welcome back, everyone, to DND Outdoors. My name is Dell. We got Dustin here. And how are you doing, doing today, good, Dustin? Doing good. How about you? I'm doing good. I can't complain one bit at all. It's a beautiful weather here in Arizona, finally. Fall's here. I got drawn for javelina, and I got drawn for turkey. So I'm actually going to get to do some hunting coming up here in the next couple months. And I can't complain one bit. How are you doing? What You've got some adventures happening uh, out yeah, your way? The season here officially starts tomorrow. Oh, gotcha. That's exciting. So you're going to get out there tomorrow? I'm planning on it. I dropped Adam off, and then I'm going home to get all my stuff to get ready for tomorrow. Yeah, we got some weather out there, you're saying. Is the weather supposed to clear off? Yeah, it cleared off to this morning. It's a little cloudy, but the sun's out right now. We three or Two days of rain, really. It's, I think he said last night it dropped three inches. Yeah, oh goodness, we knew I would take some of that out here. Maybe not three inches, but we'll take a half of that. We'll take an inch <laughs> and a half. <laughs> so, how some I know out west at least when it rains, you know, it beds all the deer down and all the animals down. And then right after the rainstorm is the best time to hunt. Is that the same for you guys, or is the deer because you get rain and stuff out there more susceptible and still moving around pretty well? In the it's rain? hit and miss with them. Sometimes they get if it's heavy enough, they get a little spooked and they'll go bed down because they can't hear nothing either. But if it's light, they'll, gotcha. they'll get up, and move around. Gotcha. So, so I guess with three inches of rain, they're probably hiding a little bit during that storm. Life jackets on, trying to swim around. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah, have their snorkel on, ready to go. Man, that's wild. I mean, that's got to be good, though, also, then, for your uh, all your um, crops and feed you planted this year to help it grow more or that drown, drown them out. We're pretty much in the fall right now, so it ain't really much growing. Gotcha, kind of yeah. the end of it all. That makes, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean... Something if we can find water or something green here, we'll take it. But I mean, we've had we've gotten snow up north, so it's been interesting to see the impact on the hunting here. Elk season in Arizona is about halfway through the swing of it, but I haven't seen really looking online and stuff many many big bulls. But I've seen surprisingly big coos deer coming out, and you know, usually you know you on average you can get giant coos deer, but. This year, it seems like they've been pulling some giants out down south, which is kind of cool to see, finally. You got a good draw for a coos deer tag, too? Oh, yep, yeah, you got to get drawn for everything here. Unless it's a coyote or a predator, you better, you got to pick your money in and cross your fingers. And down here in Arizona, you can, there's mule deer and coos deer, but like some states, you know, they have two different species of um, the same or two different subspecies of the same species will give you points for each but here a mule deer and coos deer combined into one pot so you get drawn for one you lose all your bonus points which is 
something they need to look at to fix because there's a lot of people that just want to coos deer hunt and like might put in for a mule deer and get drawn and then you know they're kind of screwed out for a while on getting drawn again from coos deer. I never really understood the whole bonus point thing. If it's a random draw, it should just be random. Why do you get bonus points? So bonus points um, is pretty much if you're at if you're max the top people putting in and have the most points you're. 99% guaranteed to draw because they'll do bonus point rounds the first round and then the max bonus points and all that get drawn then it drops down to the remainder of the uh, random drawing but the catch is here in Arizona that um, residents have to get I believe over 50, 50% 55% of the tags so here they'll have like for example the bighorn sheep units where there might be one or two tags which non-residents can put into for it, but they'll never get drawn for it because with two tags, all of them are guaranteed to go to residents oh. of the state. And even for that, you pretty much need to have 20, be putting in for 20 to 30 years to even be come close to getting drawn for bighorn sheep. Because it's about, I think the max points right now are around 25. So, and it's also in Arizona, if you don't put in for four years, then you lose all your bonus points. Draw experience I've ever had was I, drew, uh, I put in for an alligator tag. Really? Did you get drawn? No. Uh -uh. No. I think an alligator, that would be a lot of fun to do. It. It. it the place I was talking to was you'd have to draw, but then another place that I had been down there said that they had the tags already. Gotcha. Come visit them, and you ain't got to worry about a draw. Oh, that'd be nice. They probably charge a lot more. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. They charge per foot. Oh wow. Jeez, that's ridiculous. They're looking at about a thousand dollars. Dang. Yeah, that's a pretty penny for an alligator, but alligator meat. Well, I've had it a couple of times. It's pretty good. Yeah, I think it's like $200 for the uh, tags, for the license, rather. Oh, gotcha. And then you just have to hire a guy. Do you have to? Yeah. I know you can you can draw and just go. You do have to hire a guy. Uh, you have to have a guy. Gotcha. That's, is there um, a size limit on the gators? Or can you just... If, pretty much shoot any alligator you want. The the place that I had talked to, if I had to draw, if I had to draw a tag, there was no size limit. But the other place that had the tags, you pay per foot, and they had them up to I think twelve foot, I believe. Oh geez, so how do you remember how much it was a foot? Uh, not off the top of my head. Uh, I, I don't remember. Gotcha. So, have you seen that story circulating on Facebook about the Minnesota deer hunter? No. So, this is a crazy story. So, this guy was out um, hunting his uh, a property out in Minnesota. He was sitting on, he shot his deer, and um, he was, you know, packing, just shot his deer, landed by a pond. And when he was over uh, gutting his deer and stuff, there was a baby alligator in the pond. Minnesota? So he called, yep, in Minnesota. So he called the Game and Fisher DNR out there and asked him if he could shoot it. And he shot maybe a two-foot alligator that was in that pond. They're 
assuming that it was um, someone's pet that it just let go. I mean, it's not going to live through the winter anyways out there. But so he got his deer and his alligator in the most northern part of it in the country. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'll have to find that picture and I'll get that out on our Instagram page because I just I was looking at it. I was like, "What is going on here?" Then I started reading into the story. I'm like, "Now that is a crazy story." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're just out there. You, yeah, just little alligators out there in the pond, and then call game and fish. They gave him the permission to shoot it, and I guess the assumption is, well, I mean, it's the only, I guess, obvious is someone had a pet alligator. It ain't, yeah, it ain't and no way it traveled up there. No, no way. Yeah, and yeah, I don't think, yeah, there's, this just would be an impossible. I mean, there's no way it could even uh, live through the winter when it got cold up there and things started freezing over. Right. So that was kind of crazy to see that online and read that into that. I, and talk about a once, once in a lifetime thing. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know what to do. I look over and see an alligator, and you're in Minnesota. I'd be like, "What? What is going on here?" I clean my eyes out. <laughs> Wonder if the taxidermist would even take it. I mean, I, I I haven't read anything else of what he did with it, but I would be going to find someone to get that taxidermy. Because uh, that's for sure. That'd be so cool. When I shot that buffalo, I had a hard time finding somebody that would mount that. Really? The normal guy I use. Because of the how long? He just he didn't feel comfortable doing it. He's never done one before. Gotcha. Yeah. So if I get my javelina, one of my buddies is getting into taxidermy, and we're gonna. He's gonna. He said he'll do my ha- if I get a javelina for free, so he can practice. I'm gonna let him do that. But I don't have to pay three, four hundred bucks for a mount, and yeah. it might be the. I might have to go sell it to a bar because it might be the goofiest looking javelina in the world. <laughs> But yeah, that'll be fun, and I'm gonna help him do it, so it'll be kind of cool to learn the taxidermy process. And now, and now, a quick word from our sponsor, the Anchor FM. We got six out here. Go ahead. Oh yeah, we we. I mean, I would say we have ticks out here, but I mean, I've never seen any on animals. We have them here, and. It, it, I was skinning out that deer that uh, I'd shot. It, I pulled three off me before I got out the garage. Oh, goodness. Are they like big ticks or big, little ticks or what? Two of, them were, two of them were pretty big, and one of them was a little bitty thing. Oh, wow. So do you, um, with ticks, then, that doesn't affect the meat or anything, does it? No. Uh-uh. No, that's good, at least. Yeah, I mean, we have, out here we have, um. I don't know, it's some parasite, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, that kind of rots their livers or put liver spots on the animals, more of like kind of a worm and stuff is what we get more most of. But we don't get too many ticks, is that I know of. We have, it's a, we have ticks here that carry, you know, Lyme disease or Rocky Mountain spotted fever and then that uh, alpha gout thing where it gives you a meat allergy. Oh, wow. That would be good. I know. So do they have like tests for? Do you have like a test for that when you're processing your meat, or just kind of luck of the draw? Uh, it, it's I don't. If it, it cooks it, it, it cooks out when you heat it, but 
if you get bit by it, you know, it, it, alpha gout thing is pretty popular. Oh, really? You only, if you get bit by one of the lone star ticks, is what they call them, that you can only have like fish and chicken. Oh, wow. Oh, that'd be horrible. And there's no like cure for it? You can't like some pills or anything? No. Uh-uh. They said that some people they'll wear off, but others, it, it's, you've got it for life. Oh, good. I would, oh, I don't know what I would do if I couldn't eat meat. <laughs> It'd be a long life. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That'd be a really long life. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so um, so you just kind of have to be more careful of when, I guess, don't bring your deer into the house, but leave it in the garage. Leave it hot out there. Yeah. I'm guessing they die off then once there's no more blood eventually or do whatever they do, go on their way. Yeah. it's uh, We also have a thing. It's a parasite called wolves. Wolves. That, that it's like a worm that gets up under the skin and all, but it, they normally die when the first frost hits. Okay, that's good at least. So once it starts cooling off, kill it all off. Yeah. Speaking of wolves, what do you think of the big, the, the mammal, the wolves, out in Colorado they want to introduce now? What do you think of that? Uh, I see where the farmers are coming from, not wanting them to come in. Uh... I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's looking at it. It was, it was I think, believe it was Proposition two fourteen. I want to say out there in Colorado, and it passed by less than a tenth of a percentage. And of course, where they want to reintroduce the wolves is where all the farming and ranching's at, and all the good hunting's at. And I know out in Colorado, they um, part of the deal is if when they pass any farmers that lose cattle, sheep, or any livestock. Game and Fish is going to re- reimburse them out there in Colorado Parks to Wildlife. So if you're looking at taking money out, the money's got to come from somewhere. So I would expect now a increase in hunting licenses coming in the near future out there in Colorado. Yeah, got to make up that money somewhere. Yeah, so you're going to increase. You're going to increase the hunting licenses, and the wolves are going to be feeding on all the animals. So you're going to decrease your chances of getting one. Makes a lot of sense. That's. They see the license going down, and they'll raise them up again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to watch that one over the next couple of years to see how it all plays out. I know they have to have a reintroduction plan by 2023, but I don't even know how it can be considered reintroduction anymore when they have now scientific proof that wolves are already in Colorado. That's migrated down south from Wyoming. and I mean, people are starting to see them even in the in north northwestern part of the state. And, you know, down where I used to live outside in Grand Junction, Colorado, they see them up on the Grand Mesa there and out by Crescent Butte. And people, they have videos and evidence of it, but I guess they want more more wolves. They didn't learn from Wyoming and Idaho mistakes. Heck, I think in Idaho, it's $1,000 a wolf now in certain areas. For, for someone to kill them or the fine for killing yep. them? No, to kill if you in certain areas they're so rampant. The Idaho game and fish will pay you a thousand bucks if you bring in a wolf, a dead wolf, because they're just destroying all the game there and eating everything in sight. Now it, it was a couple books that was published here in Virginia about some of my ancestors, 
and they were talking about how he would get paid in tobacco leaves for like $12, I think, for bringing in wolf heads. Really? In Virginia. Yeah. That's pretty good. That'd be pretty cool. That's a good way to make get some tobacco leaves. That'd be a lot of fun. I think that's where it's going to get to the point is where these they're getting their population because they refuse to delist them on the Endangered Species Act that they're just going to run rampant here eventually. And just, I know in Arizona, where they've been reintroduced here for a while and we're starting to have problems with them now. We're being a lot, seen a lot more. Um, hunters are seeing them a lot more and um, starting to affect, you know, livestock. So I think for $35,000 a year, Arizona Game and Fish was paying, I think, two or three people to go out with the cattle ranchers and just kind of be out. They run the wolves all, hang out with the cows all day and all night, and they see wolves just chase them away, try to limit that interaction. Just chase them away? They don't kill them or nothing? Nope, they're on horses just hanging out with the cows, and they see wolves come in and chase, scare them off. See, here they tell you to put a donkey in the field with the cattle, and the donkey will kill a coyote. Really? I don't think a right. donkey can kill a wolf. That's what I was thinking. A wolf is about, what, twice the size of a coyote? Yeah, I mean, they hunt in packs. They got three, four of them coming in, too. Right. I know, like, the, one of the big problems where I hunt out down here in the desert is with the cattle ranchers and the mountain lions, you get a hold of the cattle. So, I mean, we're introducing wolves, we already have mountain lions, there's already enough predators in the area, but... Hey, I wonder that, how they'll mix together. That, that's a good question. I mean, the areas where they're putting them in in Colorado, there's mountain lions, there's wolves, and there's black bears. So, it's going to be now. feel bad for those animals out there. They're going to be... They're going to be more gun-shy than a hunting season. Always looking over their shoulder. Something's going to be coming for them. Always. Damn. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's crazy to think about all that and how people that don't even go hunting or really enjoy the outdoors just because they think wolves need to be there, you know, we need to have the wolves there. And they'll never see them because the people that majority of the places we're voted for is the city in Denver and Boulder where they aren't even talking about putting the wolves at? They're all going to be on the front right or on the western slope. Now, didn't they have a movie, uh, uh, something about the waters changed or creek changed or the wolves changed the creek or something? Oh, yeah, out in Yellowstone. Yeah. Yeah, so that movie, I did some research into that, and that movie is. 100% false. False. Because, so what happened is when they reintroduced the wolves, they killed off all the beavers that were damming up the streams. So the, the beavers were blocking the streams and not letting them flow correctly. So when they killed all the beavers out of removing the stream and the dams and stuff, the beavers or the rivers could flow in its natural, the natural path because the beavers were gone. But it was the same time they reintroduced wolves, so people are claiming it's because of the wolf. But if you look at the data and the uh, historical facts, it's because the beaver dams are gone and the beavers are all gone. I've never seen it to where I could sit down and watch it. I was told that it was due to the elk herds would move up further up the mountains to get away from the wolves. So they weren't 
down close to the water to eat, I guess, and then it, the extra grass or foliage changed the route of the water. Yeah, I mean that might have had a that might have had like a half a percentage of it, but the, the from what I've researched of it and what everything that I've read about it is because you don't have beavers damming the river. They got rid of I think like two three thousand beavers. Golly. Yeah, but uh, I was a guy from the UK that was an eco person and wanted to say it was wolves because you make that claim, no one's really going to research it. So that was actually, I haven't written down. It was an episode I was listening to um, hosted by a podcast hosted by Steve Rinella that um, actually went into it and like uh, deep dive, deep dove it all. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll send you. Um, I'll have to go when I get home. I, I have it written down somewhere. I have to find uh, where I have it written down that, and um, send you it so you can listen to it. It's really interesting. Uh, I I tend to listen to that podcast as well. And I, I remember a little bit about it, and like I said, it was somebody that was telling me about it. That's I don't even remember the name of it really. Yeah, yeah. I'll hunt it down. I wrote it down because I was like, well, this would probably be something. But the reintroductions of wolves would be fun, like because everybody wants to play sides and just pull this up, and they have like a scientist on there that broke it all down, so like, I can actually have facts to talk about if I do ever decide to get an argument about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be it's gonna be interesting to see. I know there's some rumors going around there where Ron to reintroduce grizzly bears too. That's not gonna happen. I mean, they passed that. That's too far. Yeah, it's. You imagine being that person? What's your job? I trap grizzly bears. I mean, I'm sure it's somebody out there that does it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, Colorado in the past 15 years they've reintroduced wolverines to Western Colorado and also the lynx. So I mean, they're they're reintroducing a lot of predators that used to be in the area, but really no population control on it. It is rumors, let me say that again, it is rumors of them bringing in mountain lions here in Virginia to, really? help, with the, to help with the deer population. There mountain lions kind of found, I guess, within the Appalachian area? Or where are they bringing mountain lions from? I'm not sure where they're bringing them from. I'm just... It's a couple of people saying, yeah, we've got them on trail camera and all, and then the game commission will pop up saying, you know, you can't shoot them. Yeah. So uh, why would you say that if they're not here? Exactly. That, well, that's the thing with the wolves here in Colorado is they were saying the longest time they weren't coming here, and then people started pulling out video footage, trail cam footage, and they were like, well, we can't definitely say that's a wolf because we don't have any DNA or anything. You know it. No coyote looks like a wolf. And then finally, I think last year, a game and fish officer actually saw a wolf while he was out on patrol and then got uh, some feces samples and the paw and hair samples and it turned out it's been a wolf these whole times everybody's been claiming. So They're also bringing in elk into the western part of Virginia. Really? That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. That'd be really cool. That'd be eventually kind of like what they did out in the Smoky Mountains in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It was some of those were actually slipping into Virginia to begin with. 
and you could actually harvest them and check them in on your deer hunt, your deer tag. Oh, that'd be cool. Oh, that'd be a lot of fun. But the counties where they are releasing them now is prohibited to harvest one. Gotcha. How long is the uh, population plan on that until you guys can actually start hunting them? Um, I'm more towards the middle of the state. And like I said, that's towards the, the western part of the state. So it probably, be, probably won't be in my lifetime to see them. Gotcha. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's kind of still a cool cool opportunity eventually i mean you never know you might have one eventually wander over get lost that's like where i live in down here in arizona there's black bears about 100 miles north of us where the rain starts but every now and then we start we get a one or two that get lost and end up down our way that will that we won't see them but um people will get them on trail camera Game and Fish will release an article that they had a trap and release one. Which oh, yeah, they, so you never know. We, we've got black bear here, and they tend to catch and release the nuisance ones up there next to my place anyway. So. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. you got to be a little careful walking out at night or in the early morning. I Can have, you uh, hunt the black bears? Yeah, yeah. We've got a hunting season on them. Oh, gotcha. I've only seen one that, up there in person, though. Oh, gotcha. And, but you've got, you, didn't you, I believe, yeah, you sent me a picture a while back. You got one on a trail camera, didn't you? Oh, yeah. I get them on trail camera yeah. all the time till about bow season hits and then they just disappear. Disappear. Gotcha. They know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing how smart animals are once, you know, a season that only comes around once a year, but they know when that season's about to start. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But. All righty, everyone. Thank you guys very much for listening to D&D Outdoors on this episode. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, be sure, you know, to give us a like on Facebook and Instagram. Give us five stars on this podcast if you enjoyed it. And also, don't forget to subscribe to get these numbers up. And we're getting closer, it looks like, to having one of you guys on. That's right. The show to interview. I believe we were at uh, 420-ish the last time I looked. 80 more to go. We've we've gotten about, what would you say, about double our our like count in the past month? Yeah, something like that. Awesome. Well, you have a good rest of your day, Dustin, and thank you guys for listening. All righty, man.